Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole fucking thing off. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Go play intramurals, brother. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to another edition of Zone Coverage on T2Q. My name is Q, and this is my podcast. And on today's show, we'll talk about uh, the Cowboys are still struggling. They just cannot get a win. Don't know what's going on in Arlington, but um, they released their kicker. Is that going to be enough? The Baltimore Ravens are still on a roll, but they have a short week this week as they face the Jets on on today. Um, and, um, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, Lamar Jackson is banged up a little bit. Um, How is that going to help um, affect, you know, the team now that he's um, working on a short week? And the 49ers and the Saints played probably the best game, the most exciting game, I'll say, of the year. A lot of scoring between two stout defenses, you know, how that happened, what does that mean? And we'll talk about some other games, um, you know, Tennessee and Pittsburgh fighting for playoffs, Buffalo, Kansas City beats the Patriots, Patriots caught cheating again, all these things and more as zone coverage returns to you on T2Q. All right, I go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on the homie Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How's everybody doing? Not too much. Doing pretty well, doing all right, just doing our thing. You know how it goes, getting started, just me and you so far. We'll go ahead and, and, and kick things off. Um, first of all, how, how, how's the weather down there in Pensacola? Everything good? A little chilly. But, um, you know, it, it's just going to be chilly for a couple of days and then jump back up in the 70s. You know how, you know how it is down here. But actually, you know, this morning when it was raining, there was actually a, little, a couple of snow flurries in it. This morning, but they weren't, you know, it didn't hit, you know, as soon as it come down, you can okay. see it melting in the air, so no big yeah. deal. All right, we're going to kick things off, man. I got the TV on Toronto and the Clippers. Kawhi returns to Toronto. Um, I didn't see uh, the beginning of it, so I don't know how he was greeted. It doesn't look like that many people in the stands, to be honest with you. Maybe they're still – it's the third period, so maybe they're still at the concession stand for halftime. But uh, this should be a game that's sold out, if you ask me. But, all right, we'll go ahead and get into Lakers the stop with – We got the Lakers yeah, and the Magic yeah. going on here. All right. We'll go ahead and get into it and start off with Baltimore 24, Buffalo 17. 69,000 people at New Era Field saw Baltimore raise their record to 11-2. and the Beals dropped to a respectable nine and four, and this game was, you know, pretty close throughout. Uh, Baltimore did get a seventeen to six lead, but they couldn't quite run away from Buffalo. Unfortunately, Buffalo had to kick too many field goals, and not, they didn't get enough touchdowns. A very defensive game, very stout. Two hundred and fifty-seven yards of offense for Baltimore, two hundred and nine for Buffalo. 
Baltimore had nine penalties for 99 yards, and that helped to keep Buffalo in this game. Lamar Jackson was 16 of 25, only 145 yards, but he had three touchdowns, um, an interception, sacked once, and he ran for 40 yards. Mark Ingram led the team with 50 yards on 15 carries. Hayden Hurst had three ca- three catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. And, Buck, I mean, Baltimore didn't have the biggest offensive input, but they had good defense, and they made the plays when they had to. And even on a bad day, they still get to win. Man, I mean, Buffalo's got it. Buffalo should have actually done a better job of actually scoring points. But you know, when you play these good teams and you're kicking field goals and not not kick, you know, getting touchdowns, it comes back to bite you. Um, but I think if anything, Buffalo Buffalo showed that you know the Ravens are beatable. You know, if you keep the game, if you keep the game close, um, you know, the, the Ravens didn't, you know, didn't run off and, and lead the guys. You know, it, they had to actually work for it. And, you know, they looked a little bit vulnerable. So, um, you know, if the, things would have been just a hair bit different, I think Buffalo could have easily won this game. But they were going to have to, you know, those field goals they got needed to be touchdowns. I think that would have been the difference in the game. But um, Baltimore finds ways to win. You know, hats off to those guys. I mean, they're winning ugly. They win pretty. They win in blowouts. They win in close games. They're doing everything that they need to do to win football games. They're doing it with running. They were doing it with passing. They're doing it with special teams. They're doing it with defense. They're doing it with anything imaginable. And right now, until somebody shuts them down, you know, to me, they're the number one team in the National Football League. So, and they're playing like it. Yeah, they're playing very well and um, getting a lot of stuff done. So, um, yeah, like I say, even on an off day, they're still getting getting it done. And um, Buffalo, you know, like I said, Buffalo played very well. They played very respectable, uh, just not enough. Josh Allen. 17 of 39, 146 yards, a touchdown, and he was sacked six times and lost the fumble. Devin Singletary had 17 carries for 89 yards, and they didn't get much in the passing game. Dawson Knox led the team with 37 yards receiving, so they couldn't get anything going there, and I think that was part of the problem. But um, Buffalo, I mean, Josh Allen, to me, Buck has improved a lot since last year. And as long as he continues to improve, maybe the offense can get going. They can be pretty hard to beat if they get a little offense. Yes, they can. I mean, they – man, if they, like I said, if they would have scored some touchdowns with those, with those field goals they got, I think this game would have been – I think it would have gone Buffalo's way. Um, they played a respectable game. They they were – you know, they, they hung tough with the guys, but they just have to – their offense is still a little bit sputtering. Not sure why. But, um, you know, I think they, you know, they're a gritty team, just like their coach, Sean McDermott, has, has, you know, changed the attitude in Buffalo. And um, those guys are going to be formidable. I don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs. But, um, you know, they got a tough schedule. They got a really scrappy Steeler team that they got, they got to try to beat next, you know, here Sunday night. 
and that's not going to be an easy game. So Buffalo's going to have to kind of, you know, dig deep these last last two two or three games and see what they can get done because, um, you know, now they got another AFC foe coming in here that's, that's red hot, and um, they're going to have to score offense because – you know, seeing seeing that Buffalo I and mean, seeing that Baltimore got to them six times, we lead the league in sacks. So we're licking our chops for this game. So we know it's going. You know, our defense is going to have to, you know, keep winning the games for us. So you know, we also I think we're second in takeaways. So or second or first, one of the two. So I'm we're licking licking our chops, waiting to see what we can do to see if we can't get Josh Allen on the ground. So. um if they don't get any offense generated, they're going to be in more trouble this week than they were last week. Most definitely. All right. So we'll move on to probably the most exciting game of the year, depending on who you ask. Uh, let's see. Let me get my computer to respond here. At the 49ers and the Saints. Very high scoring, but very exciting none the least. And the 49ers came out on top in this game. Now, it may have been kind of costly because they did have some um, injuries that they had to deal with. Um, but, I mean, that's that's just kind of par for the course for this time of the year where uh, teams just, you know, the it's kind of the, the strong survive, and it's about – getting healthy, you know. But the 49ers were able to come out on top in this one, 48-46, to 46, to up their record to 11-2. and two. Um, And Saints dropped to 10-3. and three. This goes a long way towards home field advantage. This game was at the Superdome, 73,000 strong. When th- were there, there were um, the score was 28-27 at halftime, and they continued the, the onslaught of offense in the second half. 49ers had 516 yards of offense. The Saints had 465. Both teams had a turnover. The 49ers had twice as many penalties, but the Saints had the most uh, hurtful penalties that really hurt them down the stretch. And Drew Brees was 29 for 40, 349 yards, five touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing, and unfortunately, Fortunately, he decided to do this after I got eliminated from my fantasy football playoffs. It would have been nice if he could have done this last week. Uh, Latavius Murray led the team rushing 69 yards. And Michael Thomas had 11 catches for 134 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of just what he does. But my concern with the Saints is Alvin Kamara. He does not seem the same, man. Um, he's the number one guy, you know, well, exclusively since Mark um, Ingram left. And I know they try to use Latavius Murray um, a lot, and Latavius Murray does a pretty good job. But man, it's something about Kamara that I've noticed ever since, like the end of last year, or he just doesn't seem right. Well, you got to think about it like this: Mark Ingram spelled him a lot, you know, and kept him fresh. Now he's the man, so he's not, you know, when you're the man, you know, you you're, you're not going to be as fresh as you would be if you're not the man. You know, Ingram was the man, and they didn't want to pay him. And that's the reason why he's up there in Baltimore and, you know, up there having fun. Big trust. You know, having fun up there. So, um, 
you know, it's not that Kamara is not, you know, a good running back. He is. But it just, you know, now we're in a, uh, you know, we're in a system now with running backs that you need to have a, a stable of running backs. You know, gone are the days, I think, of the feature back, as they call it. Now you have a, you know, you have a conglomerate of running backs. You need to have at least three or four of them. Um, you know, you do need to have, a, I guess you can still say the feature runner is not all the way dead. You need to have at least one that you can rely on, you know, to kind of get them dirty yards in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, you need, um, you know, you need more than just a backup running back and a third down back. You need a, a running back, a, a third a backup running back. You need one that can catch out the backfield. You need a third down back. You need a couple, maybe even a fullback or two. I mean, it's just that's just the way the new NFL is. You know, you got to be versatile. You got to be able to, you know, catch passes, you know, from the wide receiver position. And Kamara can do all those things, but he can do all those things if he's the second guy in charge, not the first guy in charge. Latavius Murray has had so many injuries. He's on the back nine of his career. You know, he's still fairly young. So he's not going to have the same effect that Mark Ingham would. So, he just can't spell Camaro the way he needs to. So um, that's the reason why Camaro is not the Camaro we used to see. It definitely seems like something's off. But with the uh, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo um, had a game, and he actually proved something, man, to a lot of people. 26 of 35, 349 yards, four touchdowns, a sack, three interceptions. Excuse me. One interception and three sacks. Um, Raheem Mustard had 69 yards rushing, and Emmanuel Sanders had seven catches, 157 yards, a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown. And you know, Buck, the the 49ers offense has been decent. They've had a three-headed attack as far as the running game is concerned, but um, now the passing game seems to have a little more explosiveness to it. And even though they're touted for their defense, and so are the Saints in a lot of ways. And neither one of them played defense. I guess it's okay for them to take a, a week off, but the offense really came through for them. Yeah, it did. I mean, um, I don't think a lot of people were really expecting the 49ers to be able to stay with the Saints. Um, but, you know, because there have been several different you know, everybody thinks that, you know, Jimmy G just just doesn't get it. You know, he's coming off of ACL injury and all that kind of stuff. And, they, you know, Jimmy G, I mean, he, he played his he played his game this week. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to beat the Saints at home, period. And um, they went down there and they hung toe to with these guys. That was a heavyweight, that was a heavyweight fight. It was a very, very explosive game to see that many points put up on the board. That much yardage, but it also says that neither one of them teams got a defense if they, you know, in my opinion, and it's going to be kind of rough for those teams in the playoffs. But it's really going to be rough for the Forty ers because, I mean, getting getting injuries at this juncture of the season, you know, going into the playoffs is just not. You know, you're not going to make it far without stars, and. um you know, they got some key, key injuries. I think they lost a couple of guys for the season. 
as a result, and I think they lost uh, some of them guys on the offensive line. So, you know, I don't know if they have the skills, people in the front office to find people to put in those places. Um, that remains to be seen, but um, it's a bad time to get injured. Well, John Lynch has been doing a good job so far, so we'll see if he can put a few more together and see what they can work with. But, all right, but we'll move on. And what's going on in Dallas? Dallas just doesn't seem like they want to win. How in the world can a team have two three-game losing streaks in the season and still be in first place. This shows you how bad the NFC East is. Chicago 31, Dallas 24. 61,000 at Soldier Field saw the Bears up their record to 7-6, and six, while the Cowboys dropped to 6-7. and seven. And it started off, this game was pretty much like a rerun from Thanksgiving. Cowboys drove down the field, one of the most impressive drives I've ever seen um, in this Cowboys era, in the, in the Jason Garrett era. And they go up 7 nothing, and they proceed to take a nap until the fourth quarter like they did against Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. And let's see, they had 408 yards of total offense, but the Bears had 382 yards of total offense. The Cowboys won the, play, won the turnover battle but uh, lost the game. They were plus two on turnovers but didn't make a difference. They did nothing with them. Chicago controlled the ball with five more minutes of of, um, of time of possession, and they had 151 yards rushing. And Mr. Biscay had 63 of that. David Montgomery had 86 himself. Uh, Trubisky was 23 of 31, 244 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, two sacks. He was very efficient. And Allen Robinson led the way with five catches. No, I'm sorry, J.P. Holtz who I had never heard of prior to Thursday, had three catches for 56 yards to lead all receivers. And Buck, Mr. Trubisky, man, it's like they on board with him. They're not on board with him. I, 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 don't, I don't know what Chicago should do with this guy because he looks like he can do something every now and then, but then he just sinks into a shell. He really reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler. I don't know if I take it that far, but um... – all I can say is, you know, you have to really, really be careful about who you pick for your quarterback. Um, you know, you have to fit. Sometimes when you pick these these quarterbacks, you have to fit a system. And I don't know if Trubisky fits any system. I mean, just to be honest with you. I mean, McNaggy can is working with him. And, um, you know, this is a kid that, you know, said a few weeks ago that, you know, turn off the TVs and the in the in the you know in the locker room and you know I don't want to watch any TV I'm not on social media yada 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 look dude you got to play better first and if you can't play up to, I mean first of all you're a third round you know you got picked third in the first round so that means high expectations well second in the first round high expectations so in any event you got to play to those expectations. If you don't, then you're going to get criticized. You're in one of the biggest cities in the nation. And you, we all know Chicago folks don't play. 
you know, they all about they all about winning. And if you don't win, you're gonna get booed, you're gonna get talked about, you're not gonna get your you're not gonna get twenty percent off of your food when you go to the restaurant. They're gonna ride your ass until they ride your ass clean out of town <laughs> clean out of town. That's how they do it in Chicago. Or they're gonna shoot you once. It's gonna be one of the two. <laughs> so, but um <laughs> You know, hate to say that about those Chicago folks. Cause my uncle live up there, but hell, you got to be careful up there. In the, up there in the Chicago, I forgot what the, the area code is up there. But um, tell you what, you know they don't play. So Mitch just has to. The one thing that he needs to do more than anything else is be consistent. And um, you know that's the one thing that needs to be needs to be said. And speaking of consistency, the Cowboys need to be consistent. But they are being consistent. They lost three straight twice. So um this is a consistent I mean, as they get right there. Like, yeah, and, and and like I've said before and I've said this a few times this season, the magic number is twenty eight. If y'all don't score twenty eight points, y'all ain't winning the football game. I don't care. I mean you just I don't care if you got the lead. If you don't score twenty eight, you ain't winning. And if you don't and, and if you don't get a if you don't get a lead and keep a lead, I mean, going down there scoring seven points, that's that's great. That's fantastic. But you got to score points with the rest of you. I mean, that was a hell of, hell of drive. I mean, they marched down the field, and they've beaten the boys off Chicago. And then after that, it's like some fans came in from out the stands and put on the jerseys. I don't know what I don't know what to expect. I mean, the NFC East is weak, as weak as I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it this week before in my life. And I've been, been here 48 years, and I don't think I've ever seen the NFC East be this weak. And um, for y'all to still be in first place at six and seven, y'all. I, I said this on I said it on Twitter because I was so I was so disgusted, and I'm not even a Cowboy fan. I was so disgusted. I said, "Damn this Amer- this uh, America's team bullshit." The way y'all played the last two weeks, they need to strip that damn title from y'all's ass until y'all can learn how to play. Because that was just ridiculous. I mean, you got to be able to get out there and at least be competitive. And you know, you can't just get garbage touchdowns and, and make up the yardage at the end of the game. Some of this is coaching. I understand that, you know, some of it is Jason Garrett, but most of it is those players. There, there is a, a lot of talent on that team. And each one of those players need to look in the mirror and figure out what they need to do to win a football game. It's not just the coaches. It's the, you know, you got to execute at some point. And the players are not executing. You you can't just go down there in the first player, the first drive of the game, and execute, and then you just get lost. So they got to they got to all you know. They don't need to be no meetings or anything else. They just need to execute the damn plan and win the football game. And they better do it in a hurry because now the Eagles got a little bit of momentum, and that's the last thing you want to see at this time of year. And they definitely have to figure it out. Uh, and I agree with you that it's a situation where um, the players do need to figure it out. Now, the players the players play like they don't trust each other, okay? I mean, no one is really playing their assignment, and I think that's really a lot of the problem. They're not um, – No communication. They're not, they're not doing what they're supposed to – to do as far as okay, you have a situation where you got to play in this gap, 
but you don't trust your teammate to do what they have to do. So now you're planning your teammates gap and, you know, people are running right past you. And uh, they just seem to lack discipline uh, on defense, especially the offense, you know, for the most part is pretty good. Um, but the defense is really, really letting them down. But Dak Prescott was 27 of 49, 334 yards, a touchdown, sacked twice. Zeke had 81 yards rushing on 19 carries. And, and uh, Michael Gallup had six catches for 109 yards. So the offense looks Question. good in spot. Huh? Question. Question, since you're uh-huh. the resident Cowboy fan. Re- repeat those numbers one more time because you really – those numbers are not Which that one? bad. The ones you just said about the Cowboys with the running game and the passing yards. Oh, um, uh, 334 yards passing, 81 yards rushing on 19 carries, six catches, 109 yards. Now, with, with so, stats and, like that, you should be winning the football game. I mean, 81 yards, I mean, I don't know what the league average is, but it's not 100 yards. I think it's somewhere around 81. Um, uh, the passing yards – Passing yards, I think, is right some just a little under three hundred well, I mean, yards he leads on the, the on the league average. He leads the league so, in passing. I mean, but it's it's also kind of misleading because you always behind. But yeah. um, I mean, I, I I look at it like this, and the the Cowboys to me are kind of like almost like the Carmelo Anthony of the of the. Uh, of the NFL, and what I mean by that, Car- Carmelo Anthony put up a lot of points when he was in um, New York, but he didn't win, you know. And so, I mean, it really didn't matter. And the Cowboys get a lot of yards in between the 20s, you know, which doesn't do you any good because you got to get in the end zone. And then when it comes to kicking, um, your boy, you know, can't kick. He missed 10 field goals, which is the most in the league this year. Um, which is and he got cut this week. He should have been cut probably two weeks ago, you know. But uh, it's one of those things where they're 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 too little, too late, and it makes you wonder. All right, what's going to happen going forward? Now you got Cal Kai Forbath, who's um, a pretty good kicker. He's like eighty-five percent between thirty and forty-nine yards. He's not that great with extra points. <laughs> So, you know, you might have to be concerned there. But, I mean, we ain't scoring no touchdowns, so there are no extra points. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that Dallas has to figure out. But what makes it so frustrating is that, like like you said, but they have the more – they more than have the talent. Okay. Um, they should be on cruise control right now and looking at like a 11-5, 12-4 record, you know, as they get ready to ease into the playoffs. But that's not the case. Because their biggest problem is they 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 seem to get in their own way, so to speak. Um, the defense yeah. is the defense doesn't make plays when they need to. I mean, they had two turnovers in this game, and they were kind of meaningless, you know. And yeah. uh, the special teams is non-existent. Uh, you're not getting anything out of the return game. Uh, you're you know you barely kicking making the end zone when you kick off so teams are getting returns against you. There's so much going on in all three phases as Jason Garrett likes to say. And I think Jason Garrett, you know, barring some people say if he makes it to the NFC champion NFC championship game, um, that he will keep his job. I still don't think that. 
because again, I think that the team needs to hear a different voice. They have there's no motivation on this team whatsoever. Um, the only person who really seems to care is Michael Bennett, and that's because he's probably the only person on the team that has a ring. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you saw you saw Jason Garrett yelling. At, I mean, Jason Whitten yelling in the game last week, but I mean, Jason Whitten makes as many bonehead mistakes as the next man, so he can't really yell at anybody because. He likes to drop a pass and false start, you know, usually once a game. Yep. And so yep. that's just something that they're they're going to have to try and figure out. And um, you got a Rams team coming into town who's on a hot streak. And um, you got yep. – well, you don't have to beat them. You can still lose and still control your own destiny because of how horrible the Eagles are. But uh, it's in your best interest to figure things out this week. Going into that, you just Eagles said game. something. You just this is what needs to happen. I mean, you don't what needs to be said to the Dallas Cowboys. And if any Dallas Cowboys listening right now, I don't give that just because you have a lead, you can't really you can ill afford to lose any more games. And and I'm gonna say this because there's too much talent, there's too much expectation for you to lose. The Rams come in, come into your house. I think they come. I think y'all have to, the Rams are coming to Dallas, right? So uh, if I'm not the Rams mistaken. come in there, blow them away. They're, I mean, they just won a couple of games here. You know, they seem to be going in the right direction. I don't give a damn. I don't. Y'all can ill afford to lose any more games just because. I mean, you control your own destiny for one. So with that being said is you need to win out. Do not let the Eagles get hot. Because you let them get hot, they will put you out of the playoffs. And you put in and really and truthfully, if you get put out of the playoffs this time, we'll see a different maybe we'll see a different Dallas team next year. And maybe that's what needs to happen. But just saying, oh, we can afford to lose, no, you can't afford to lose any more damn games. You need to win you need to win out. And if you don't win out, you know, maybe y'all are trying to get maybe get some changes, but some people are not going to get some contracts too. Dak, you know, and some of these other guys. And he, you know, your receiver, you know, he's been playing down here recently. The one you got from Oakland, you know, he hadn't been playing his best. I mean, this man just came out the game good. a couple of weeks ago. Where he, he looked good this past week, but he can't he just he ain't been too far. Had a game where he didn't catch not a single pass. So. You know, mm-hmm. he don't shake the ground. So, you know, all the Dallas players need to look in the mirror and you need to put something better on the football field. And they start, y'all have to work together individually and collectively. You got to communicate on the field. There shouldn't be that much discord. I can understand some of it being coaching, but a lot of it is the execution by the players because it's almost like one player thinks, some of these players are thinking they're better than the other. You got to work together as a team. There's no reason why y'all shouldn't be beating beating the brakes off some of these teams. That's the thing. They're not not working as a team. They're not working as a team. The chemistry just doesn't appear to be there, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. And part of that is coaching, too, and general management. But, I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out, why they're not playing. And I I just think there are not enough people in a leadership role here. You have some people who are leaders, but they're people who hadn't won anything. And um, – So the, the, the culture itself is just kind of bad off right now. 
and um, need new something that uh, you know that 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 has to be changed. That's all it is too. That's just something that has to be be changed. So all right, so we'll mm-hmm. move on to a place where their culture has been doing pretty well. It's a in Gillette Stadium, 66,000 people saw the Chiefs jump on the Patriots kind of early and stay on them as they won 23 to 16 to up their record to 9 and 4 and drop the Patriots to 10 and 3. And the Chiefs got enough offense. I mean, they weren't stellar, but 346 yards of total offense was good enough. Um, even though they lost the turnover battle and they had twice as many penalties as the Patriots, they did have nine more minutes of time of possession, which made a huge deal by keeping the Patriots off the field as they tried to rally late. Pat Mahomes, 26 of 40, 283, good, good day. A touchdown, an interception, and a sack. LaShawn McCoy had 39 yards rushing, and Tyreek Hill had six catches for 62 yards. Travis Kelsey went seven catches for 66 yards. But let's talk about Kansas City first. Um, I still think the lack of a consistent running game will bite them come playoff time, but they still have enough offense to get past most teams. And, I mean, let's talk – I mean, let's face it. The the Patriots' defense um, has been the best in the league this year, and yet they still managed to, to do pretty well against them. You know, any great defense, if they're on the football field too long, they're going to get worn down. And it was it was, it was was very evident that the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I don't I think they won the turnover, you know, the uh, time, of, time of possession battle and kept, you know, kept Tom Brady and his anemic offense on the sidelines. Um, you know, that vaunted defense, best in the league, was just too tired. And they couldn't. They could not stop Kansas City. Um, I'm, it's really, really strange to see those guys at the end of the third, before the end of the third quarter, they they're pissed off because Kansas City is just beating the brakes off of them. And um, I know the score was close, but it's nowhere indicative of how bad Kansas City whooped that ass. So, um, I mean, they really took it to them and. Um, methodically and you know now you know it's out there it's out there for everybody to see how to beat the new england patriots you know the kansas city went up there you have to go up there with a no fear attitude i mean they almost kansas city almost ended up getting the game for because they couldn't find the damn uniform strange shit happens every time a team comes up there to foxball and um they couldn't find their damn uniforms and almost had to forfeit the damn game but somehow, miraculously, they ended up getting their uniforms there in, in time so the guys could put the damn uniforms on. So Kansas City had a little bit of adversity there, but they didn't. They went up there with a no-fear attitude and took it to them. And that's what you got to do with New England. You can't be scared of them because you get scared of them, they're going to run you out the stadium. But their offense is, you know, without Gronk, without A.B., um, they just those young receivers are not running the correct routes. And um, they're not going to win many playoff games, if any, playing the kind of the style of offense they're playing right now. So, hats off to Kansas City. They did what they needed to do to get the job done, and they just they slapped the bully in the mouth. And that's what you got to do. That's, 
Mike Tyson said everybody got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Damn right. So, all right. And Tom Brady was 19 for 36, 169 yards, a touchdown interception, sacked three times. James White had 33 yards rushing. And Julian Edelman had eight catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. And Tom Brady just don't seem to have anywhere to go with the ball, Buck. I mean, most of his passes are within 10 yards. Um, guys aren't getting open, according to him. And it kind of shows in the stats. Um, but, I, I mean, he's Tom Brady. He's supposed to figure it out, right? Maybe Tom Brady is not who he thought he was. <laughs> but, um, you know, so many years, you know, Tom Brady has done more without. Um, but we, we've we also, you know, I've always put an asterisk by the Patriots because I know they cheat their asses off. Um, they even, you know, they're in the news now about some bullshit over there that happened in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I will never say that he is the best of all time, the GOAT, as they, you know, they want to refer to him as. I mean, yeah, he's 6-3 and three in the Super Bowls. He's been to a lot of Super Bowls, you know, most of any other quarterback. But until, until you know, he, he can't have an unblemished mark. He's 6-3. and three. There's two quarterbacks, one of them being Joe Montana, the other being Terry Bradshaw, undefeated in Super Bowls. And Joe Montana is the best of all time, period. I don't care what anybody else says. And then it's, that's a record that can until you know he can't be undefeated. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna just leave that out there for you to chew on for a little bit. But anyway, um, Father Time has caught up with Tom Brady this year, and um, he's got some offensive issues, offensive line issues as well. But they're getting to him, and he's never been able to run, and he's slower now than he's ever been. So um, Father Time has caught up. He doesn't have the quite in the receiving core. Then he needs. He can't make stars out of these guys. You know, he's definitely on the back nine. He, he's somewhere around that 18th hole. So it's time. It's time to call it a career, because uh, you know it's good that he's gonna make one more one, one more run. And with all the Super Bowls he's been to and how many he's won, I know a lot of people think he they can turn it on and get it done in the playoffs. It ain't happening this year. It's just not gonna happen. So, you know, we might be seeing the last of Tom Brady. Definitely in the damn New England Patriots uniform if he decides to play in it for any longer. I, I think you said it best when you said he can't make stars out of anyone. Um, I mean, for, for years he's been given credit as someone who can, you know, make something out of nothing and, you know, turn pedestrian receivers into pro bowlers. And we're seeing right now that that's, that's you know, no longer the case if it was. Uh, he's just, you know, reached a situation where, you know, he's he's older and it's just harder to do things, and that's that's understandable. You know, that's that's going to happen, and so yeah, it may be in another uniform next year. We'll see. But uh, real quick, you, you you mentioned the whole uh, cheating thing, and of course we recognize that the Patriots have once again got caught in something. Uh, Lord knows I hope you ain't got to cheat against the Bengals to feel like you got to win. But, uh, you know. But what do you think about the latest scandal with the the Patriots 
spying on the Cincinnati Bengals practice? Well, this is what this, I mean, this is what they do. And, you know, it, it comes to a point to where, I mean, and I, I heard the little report that, you know, Bill Belichick said and all that. I mean, they're calling him the greatest greatest coach of all time and all that bullshit. But, look, these guys have cheated constantly, and they do it all the time. And um, they're always looking for a leg up. And, my, and it's not just them. It's all teams. And let's just be real about it. It's all teams that are looking for a leg up. But there's ways of doing things. And these guys are doing this shit right out in the open. They don't give a damn. And they're so arrogant because they know they got the commissioner wrapped around his finger. So you see him at damn Patriots games all the time, and they're sitting up in there and crap, you know, got his damn massage hose and all that kind of stuff in there, you know, doing their thing. So, and they're paying <laughs> off the damn referees. You know, I'm probably taking that a little bit too far, but that's okay. I'm having fun with it. But anyway, um, you know, we, we know what's going on. And, you know, it's just, it's high time. I tell you what, they'll straighten that ass out. Why don't you take some of them Super Bowls y'all got and take them away and take some of these wins away? Because I think that's what needs to happen to get these guys straightened out because they're obviously cheating. They're getting caught. This is the second time. The league's already trying to put a, you know, put a Band-Aid on it and sweep it up under the rug, but enough's enough already. These guys are cheating. We know they're cheating, and it's time for them to start. You know, in order for them to quit, you know, you down gate on down there in the same and really had no real evidence, and Greg Williams is not coached because of it. And he should have been the coach of the Browns. But you know, he's still running and changing team every year, being a defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, now the Saints kind of finally got back, but messed up Sean Payton for a couple of years. But you have really had no proof on that bounty gate stuff. But this is visible proof from the second time on this joker. So, you know what they say, first time shame on me, second time shame on you. So the only way to correct this problem, snatch some Super Bowls away from them, give it to another, give it to the team that they were playing against and snatch some of these wins away. They'll stop that damn cheating. So that's really what's going to have to happen. Yeah, I doubt they'll vacate any any titles or whatever. That's something you may see in college now and then, but that don't happen in the pros. But – um you know, I wonder what's going to become of it because, I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things where there are a lot of people, even if you're a Patriots fan, you have to admit now, okay, yeah, they cheat. If you ain't figured it out by now, then you just don't want to, you just don't want to see it. But, um, I mean, these guys have been caught with their hand in the cookie jar. And like Buck said, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, it, it, everybody's doing something. All right. It's just that the Patriots are doing too much, and they're getting caught. So that's just something that, um, you know, we, we're going to have to wait and see how it's handled. But personally, I feel like it'd be some, it should be some kind of healthy fine. You know, take take these draft picks from these guys, all these draft picks, they stop out and all that stuff, and, and, and do something um, severe because it's, it's – been way too many times the Patriots seem to uh, kind of skate on these things. So, all right, we'll move on. A couple more games. Uh, we got P. 
Pittsburgh, 23, Arizona, 17. Uh, 63,880 people at State Farm Stadium saw the Steelers up their record to 8-5. and five. The Cardinals fell to 3-9-1. and one. Sound like a hockey record. And uh, <laughs> this game was, was pretty close throughout, but the Steelers were able to persevere, and Chris Bodwell kicked a field goal a minute and 46 seconds left in the game uh, to kind of help ice it. So to speak, I mean, Arizona still had opportunity, but that pretty much did it. And 152 yards rushing from the Steelers. I'm sorry, not rushing. 140 yards rushing. They doubled up Arizona in that stat. Uh, Teams played pretty decent defense against each other. Uh, Neither one of them had more than 275 yards. Total offense, five turnovers between both teams. Time of possession, Steelers had a slight edge about three minutes. But uh, Devlin Hodge was efficient, 16 of 19. Only had 152 yards, but that was good enough. He had a touchdown, sacked three times. Uh, Benny Snell had 41 yards rushing on 16 carries. And Ricky Deontay Johnson had six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So, Buck, all in all, um, y'all were able to go on the road against a, a competitive Cardinals team. They're not the best record, but they're competitive, and you were able to get a, a pretty, a pretty much needed W in a tight race in the AFC uh, wild card race. Man, uh, I, I, lo- I love going going west coast, west coast, and going out there and, and taking over stadiums. Still, a nation showed up in full force out there in Arizona. It was like a home game, like it normally is when we go out. Go, you know, and play. It just it's really just awesome to hear and see so many fans out there watching the game. And just you know, we took the stadium over like we normally do, and um, we needed we needed our fans because I mean, Arizona is a good team. You know, they're just a young team, and it's going to be a time when these close games going to turn into wins for them. Um, they just got to get the feet up, feet under them. Um, and you know, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, but you know, he had a buzzsaw. It was actually real fun watching this game because Kyler Murray, for some unknown reason, thought he could outrun Bud Dupree, and Bud Dupree caught him in midair and threw him on the ground, and it was nasty. Bud Dupree had a hell of a game. Um, so did T.J. Watt. And our defense is flying around out there getting – I think we had five sacks in the game, three turnovers. Um, we had a questionable call. You know, I had a questionable call with uh, I don't know what the hell that uh, Mike Tomlin was thinking about going for a little fake punt and we turned the ball over there, which keeps our you yeah know, I don't know what that live was. at twenty two twenty straight games uh, with a turnover dating back to last season. But in any event, you know the Steeler defense is something that's gonna have to be reckoned with, which I think we're ranked sixth overall. And um, but our defense, you know. Sacks and takeaways were one, you know, one and two. So you're going to have to really, really have your wits about you because our defense is having fun. Our, you know, our secondary is complimenting the guys up front, and we may not have the, you know, we don't have that big blaze in the offense that we've gotten used to seeing over the years. You know, with all the injuries we have this year, but we got a defense that's first class. 
you know, nine nine first round draft choices, ten if you count Artie Burns on that defense. And we got shut down corners on the side, on each side, and we got great safety play in the center with Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. And man, I tell you what, you know, we, you know, starting out one and four at the beginning of the season, you told us to be eight and five. I, I said, yeah, we're gonna be eight and five. We're gonna, you know, we would be, you know, everybody thought I was nuts. I said we're still on our super, you know, we're still on our playoff run, Super Bowl run. I still now we're eight and five, and everybody's going like that aside. Yeah, well, that's okay. I'll be nuts. <laughs> but the, the bottom line of it is, Pittsburgh Steelers, we got we got a nice squad. You know, we got guys in third and fourth string out there playing, getting it done. I think we lead a high we lead a high hand out there on the football field. I don't want to eat, uh, Connor and Juju. Let them stay seated. Let them stay seated. You know. Wait, wait to the playoffs. Get completely healthy. Um, you might learn something because the guys out there, Dean Kane, and all the guys that we got, they're out there playing their asses off. And um, you know the Buffalo Bills don't got. You know we can go in there and win that game. Shoot, we might just go ahead and win out. You know we can. You know we can kind of control our destiny. We got to kind of keep an eye on Tennessee because they dead on our ass. But as long as we do what we need to do. It'll, it'll shake out the way we need it to shake out. So, pass off to the guys. All right. And let's see. Arizona, you know, like I said, like you said, they're going to have to try to learn how to win those games. And Kyler Murray was 20 of 30, 194 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, five sacks. Um, and so he's going to have a lot a lot that he has to learn, but I think he's having a pretty good year. 3,000 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, I don't think that's a bad rookie year at all. So, uh, you know, I think that their team will probably get a little better. And so, all right. Last one we'll break down will be Tennessee 42, Oakland 21. 52,760 at Ring Central Coliseum. Saw the Titans double up on the Raiders, lift their record to 8-5. and five. The Raiders dropped to 6-7. and seven. And this game was close. It was 28-21 to 21 with five minutes left to go in the third quarter. And then um, evidently the Raiders thought that the game was only three quarters. And the Titans scored uh, – uh, all in all, twenty-one unanswered uh, to seal this no, victory. No, they, they didn't think it. They didn't, they, they didn't think that. This, that's just the, the way the Raiders play. Come on now, let's, let's get it. Let's be real. This is how they play every week. <laughs> the last three weeks, you know, they go into a brand new stadium next year, and um, you know, if anybody that's a Raiders fan, Ray, if you're listening, um, if, if you think for one second that that Carr is your your future quarterback. They're going to lead you to a Super Bowl. Then whatever drugs you take, I want some of it because it, that shit ain't happening no time soon. Even if we did and come back as somebody else, he is not taking you out of the Super Bowl. He should not be your starting quarterback going to Vegas. Period. End of report. He's not getting it done. I mean, his hey, maybe they, maybe they can get Tom Brady. But, hey, that ain't going to happen. I mean, there, there's something wrong with the scheme. John Gruden had been out of coaching for way too long, and you got a subpar quarterback. I mean, Derek Carr 
ain't even he's not even close to being elite. He's not even close to being average at this point. So, I mean, they need to be looking for a quarterback in the draft in the first round that's going to take them to the promised land because it ain't going to be Mr. Carr. It's just not going to happen. Let's see. Well, uh, Tennessee had 552 yards of total offense in this game. Uh, So they were all over the place, 161 yards rushing, 391 yards passing. Ryan Tannehill um, has been the, if I'm not mistaken, the highest rated quarterback since he's been a starter. He was 21 of 27, 391 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. And Derrick Henry had 103 yards rushing on 18 carries and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss, the rookie, had five catches, 153 yards, and two touchdowns. So, Tannehill looks like he's going to at least earn a contract or maybe even a franchise tag um, for Tennessee if he continues to play like this. Derek Carr, 25 of 34, 263, two touchdowns and two sacks. Didn't have a bad game, 115.2 rating. Uh, DeAndre Washington led the team rushing with 53 yards. He also had a touchdown. Darren Waller had six catches, 73 yards. But I think the Raiders really just missed playmakers uh, in the wide receiver spot. They're getting good production out of their young tight ends, but they just don't have the playmakers at wide receiver, and that's what Antonio Brown was supposed to bring before he decided he was going to do his thing and uh, lose his mind and have a breakdown and uh, whatever else you want to say he did. He just, I don't know what's wrong with that dude. I I just don't know what to tell you. Something wrong with that dude. No doubt. Yep. Uh, All right, so – we look at some of the other games that, that went down this past week. Um, Atlanta beat Carolina 40-20. Uh, Matt Ryan had 313 meaningless yards. Tampa Bay put a damper on the Colts' playoff hopes, 38-35. Jameis Winston threw for 456. Now, Jameis is going to throw some interceptions, but he's going to throw some yards, too. He's kind of like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of his era, I guess. Um, Jets beat the Dolphins 22-21. Uh, Minnesota beat Detroit 20-7. to Keep pace in the wild card race in the NFC. Denver beat Houston 38-24 to convincingly. That's a bad loss for Houston. That really hurts them. Um, they still have opportunity to win the division, but um, they were kind of on cruise control prior to that. The Packers got by the Redskins 20-15. Cleveland beat Cincinnati 27-19. The Chargers jumped on the Jaguars with both feet, uh, 45 to 10. Um, the Rams manhandled the Seahawks, 28 to 12. Uh, Jared Goff, 293 yards um, passing, and we had the return of Eli for the Giants, but it was only good for a half, as the Eagles won 23-17 in overtime. Carson Wentz. 325 yards passing in the victory. So, Buck, let's move to these upcoming games. We have the Jets at Baltimore um, for the Thursday night game. <laughs> Jets. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Baltimore. I mean, this could be a um, trap game. So, and now you also have a 
slightly, you know, weaker quarterback in Lamar Jackson with a quad injury. So um, this could be a trap game. So you can't fall asleep on the Jets because Jets have been – they show up every once in a while. You know, they beat the Cowboys early this year. I think they beat somebody else, too, that they weren't supposed to beat. Um, but, um, you know, common sense has picked the Baltimore Ravens because I haven't seen anybody beat them yet. This would be a really, really ugly loss if they do lose this. But uh, I'm going with Baltimore. Okay. And Philadelphia at Washington. Philadelphia. Washington wins no more games. All right. And Seattle at Carolina. Carolina's not winning any more games. I mean, I you I you know, they they got rid of Rivera. So they're not winning any more games. So you know what All I'm right. Tampa Bay at Detroit. Mm. This is actually hard to pick because you don't know which Tampa Tampa team is going to show up. And well, this is not that hard. Detroit not winning any more games either. Or should I call them something else? They should call them Detroit Tigers instead of Detroit Lions. Um, I'm going with Tampa Bay. Okay. Denver at Kansas City, a game that we probably wouldn't even thought twice about three weeks ago. All of a sudden, Denver's being really competitive. If Denver was at home, I'd be picking Denver. But since they're playing in Kansas City, I'm going with Kansas City. Okay. Miami at the Giants, and it looks like Eli may play in this game, too. It may be his last home game. The Miami Goldfish and the New York Littles. Mm, I don't know who to go Mm. with on this one. Uh, (laughs) So, um, I can't go with the book of Eli. Um, They just don't have enough. They got the wrong kind of coaching staff, too. And I like what they're doing down there in Miami. This is one of them games where Fitzpatrick, you know, he got lighted up for about 425 yards passing. So, um, I'm going with the uh, Miami Goldfish over the Littles. Okay. And the Patriots at the Bengals. Keep in mind, the Patriots already know what they're going to (laughs) do. Right? Um, Definitely going with the New England Patriots. Um, Over the, uh, I don't know, even what, Cincinnati is so bad now. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know what to call these fools. But, um, uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots over the date. All right. This is a very important matchup: Chicago at Green Bay. Well, you know, Chicago have been looking good in recent weeks, and the Packers haven't been looking so well in the last couple of weeks. But you know, one thing for certain: these guys are hard to whoop at the house. You know. Traditionally, even all the way dating all the way back to the Brett Favre era, so um, I got the, the the slight edge in this matchup. We're gonna have to go with the Packers, um, but I would not be surprised if the Bears go up there and beat their behind. So just because they okay. just haven't been putting, they haven't been playing well. So battle for first place, Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee, 
Um, just don't know which Houston team is going to show up. Uh, I'd like Houston to win this game because that would give us a little bit more space to deal with. Um, I would like to pick Houston in this game. But, man, Ryan Tannehill is just lighting it up. And um, yeah, he really these guys is. on fire. So it's, it's going to be hard for me to pick. As much as I want to pick Houston, I'm going with Tennessee. I think they're going to beat the brakes off Houston. Okay. And Minnesota at Chargers. Man, <laughs> Minnesota and the San Diego Chargers, because that's really where they need to be. They're not the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the, the Chargers have lost a game just about any way they can. Yeah. And, I mean, they, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a team lose so many games so many different ways in one season um, in Minnesota. If this game was prime time, I'd definitely pick the Chargers because I don't know, even though Kirk Cousins put up the numbers, he still lose games. But um, I just don't see Minnesota losing this game for some other reason, mainly because it's not in prime time. So I'm a big Minnesota buyer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, Cleveland and Arizona. Arizona is not one a team. Heisman you can trophy against a, one Heisman Trophy winner against another. I think this is this is the this is the straw that's going to break the Campbell's back. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals over the Browns. Go ahead and put them out there, misery. Okay. And Jacksonville at Oakland. Jacksonville at Oakland. Hmm. Jacksonville, they they kind of sucking right now too, so they're not in Jacksonville either. I'm gonna call them the the Jaguars. Um, I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna have to go with Oakland, even though I don't want to pick Oakland. Just both of these teams are on the back, and they just not, they're not playing the way they need to. And um, J- Jacksonville doesn't really know what quarterback they want, but I guess I'm gonna have to go with Oakland on this one. I'll pick Oakland over Tallahassee. Okay. <laughs> uh, Atlanta at San Francisco. Well, we know Atlanta had been in, in in Atlanta all season, so I don't know where the hell them boys at. You know, they did win this past week. Uh, I'm going to call them the White Cross Falcons. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go with San Francisco. <laughs> I'm taking San Francisco, even though they got all them injuries. Um I still got to go with the 49ers. So, the 49ers over the way cross Falcons. I think this is a trap game. But we'll see. Ain't no trap game. Uh, Rams at the Dallas. Only, the only trap is that Atlanta ain't going to win. <laughs> That's the trap. Mm. Um, the Rams at the Cowboys. Mm. This your team here. And as much as I'm, I'm picking the Rams. Need to, uh, I, I'm, as much as I'd like to pick the Cowboys in this, uh, I ain't picking them because, I, you know, they just – I don't know what the hell going on with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Rams too. I just don't think uh, – I mean, even if Dallas plays well, I just still don't see them beating the Rams. So. Yeah. And Buffalo at Pittsburgh. 
it's our last home game of the season, unless, you know, of course, unless we make the playoffs. Maybe we might, you know, I don't know if we'll get a home game anyway because Baltimore is going to win the division, looks like. But Buffalo ain't coming in our house and whooping us. We're going to win this game too, Pittsburgh over Buffalo. All right. And Indianapolis over the Saints. Excuse me, against the Saints. Mm. Well, a couple of weeks ago, if you would have asked me about this game, I would have told you Indianapolis was going to win this game. But um, the Saints are pissed off because they lost last week. And, you know, there's some soul searching over there, mainly Alvin Kamara. He's going to have to dig deep. If he play, and, and they really need him to be strong down the stretch. He needs to shake off these injuries. He's got a few of them. He's going to have to shake them off. And, uh, you know, Indianapolis is one of these scrappy teams. you got to put these guys away. So this game is going to be exciting. It's going to be close. But I think it's one the Saints can pull out. But they better not make any mistakes because if they do, Indianapolis will win. But I'm, I'm going with the Saints in this one. But do not be surprised if the Colts fool around and pull this out. All right. And that's where, what we're looking at for this week. Um, some not as good matchups are not as good as they were last week or two, but um, they still got some important uh, matchups going on when you consider the the playoff race, playoffs, and uh, playoffs. So you have you have some things that really need to to have some things happen, you know. And so there's still a lot of teams that are still mathematically in it, even though. Uh, they may be out of it for all intents and purposes. Uh, but, I mean, the loss with the Saints really hurt them in this race for home field because uh, now you're behind the 49ers, uh, the Seahawks are 10-3, and, and the Packers are 10-3. and three. So you can wind up a four seed, you know, with a mm-hmm. number 12 wins and still be a four seed. Uh so that's something that, you know, they got to consider and, and cope with. Uh, and then as far as the the wild card is concerned, um, with Minnesota 9-4, and four, and then, you know, the Rams are 8-5. and five. The Rams really have – really don't have a good, good chance of getting in when you consider their position because, I mean, yeah, you, you're 9-5, you're and you're eight and five, but right now, Minnesota holds that last spot. And if Minnesota mm-hmm. can, can get past, can really just win one more game, it's going to force the Rams to win out. Uh, and that's right. going to be kind of a difficult task for them to do. So, um, And then you have a situation where the Minnesota can be doggone 10-6 and six or 11-5 and five and going on the road to play a 7-9 um, or 8-8 eight eight Dallas or Philly team. In the playoffs, <laughs> mm-hmm. crazy within itself, but that's just how the yep. NFL works. Um, stranger things have happened. A lot of folks didn't think that um, Seattle deserved to go to the playoffs at seven and nine a few years ago, and then Marshawn Lynch pulled off that beast run as they beat the Saints and upset them. Uh, so I mean, you know, once people get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Like Buck said, Philly is one of those teams. You really don't want them to get hot and get into the postseason, then have to go to their place and play them. So, uh, you know, people yep. need to pay attention. 
But all right, we'll go ahead and get ready to wrap things up. And um, do you have anything for us? Man, did you see that dude? And I'm not a big MMA guy. Did you see that dude get his lip split in that MMA, yeah. MMA fight? Oh my goodness, he got his he got his lip almost yeah. knocked off. That was Alistair Overham, and um, mm-hmm. just to describe it for those who didn't see it, just imagine your top lip and someone taking a switchblade and just pretty much slicing it in half. I mean, that's he, what it looked like. Man, his lip was swollen and it was just hanging off of there, you know, and it it looked it looked really bad. If if I if I lost like that in the fight, I'm not fighting ever again in life. Okay. Exactly. That's that's just how I look at it. This this was one of the worst injuries and I I'm a guy that's watched boxing since I can I can as long as I can remember. And I've I also used to watch um UFC back when it was illegal in the United States. You had to watch it on a VHS tape, um, with guys in Brazil. Or whatever fighting with Royce Gracie and them guys, and I used to watch it back when they barely had any rules. I never saw an injury look like that. That man got hit in the mouth, and his lips just exploded. It was very disturbing. It was so disturbing. That man, that man had a cliff flatter on the left side of his mouth. I ain't never seen that before. So yeah, that that's just nuts. Um, they just really, really crazy to see. Something like that. Um, hopefully here in the next couple of days, uh, NASCAR just rolled out their new, you know, how they're going to do their sponsorship and what they're changing their name to and things of that nature. So I will get all that stuff together and um, have that ready. Hopefully here in the next few days, my schedule is coming tight. But maybe we can, you know, get it together maybe a Saturday or Sunday or something like that and uh, do a quick do a quick shot and um, go over everything NASCAR is doing to make some changes um, to make racing better and um, new sponsorship moving forward. Um, they, uh, what I can say is they got four, um, I guess they're calling them premier sponsors, um, Coca-Cola being one of them. Um, uh, they got a beer sponsor, a Coke sponsor, and a couple of others. And um, I think I like I like what I see is going to bring more sponsors to the to the sport. And I think it's going to grow the sport exponentially. Um, maybe rival what Winston had when Winston had it, because when Winston had NASCAR, man, uh, it, it's none of the sponsors since Winston has ever duplicated what Winston did for the, for the, for the fans. Um, NASCAR is one of the most loyal fan bases there is in sport. Um, when it comes to products and things of that nature. And um, I think with the way that they're doing their future sponsorship, it's only going to make the fans even more loyal to those sponsors that that participate in NASCAR. I really like what I see, and um, I really think it's going to really grow the sport. I think their television dollars are going to get extremely high too. So this will bring fans back. And that's what they need. And changing the cars and making them look a little bit more like stock cars and changing some things up for 2021, I think that's going to happen as well. And hopefully they can get some more manufacturers in there. So I'll get all that stuff together and get get that ready for you so we can do a quick shot on that, hopefully maybe in the next few days. Um, But I really like what I see. 
Okay, outside of that, um, got some good boxing this weekend. Richard Richard Comey and Teofimo Lopez are fighting this weekend, and um, that's pretty big, so be sure to check that out. Terrence Crawford will be back in the ring with somebody who has too many consonants in his name for me to pronounce. But uh, Terrence Crawford will be fighting on ESPN, and Richard Comey and Teofimo Lopez, I think, will be fighting on Fox. So it'll be some good boxers on um, on cable. So I'm cool with that. Next week, you got Daniel well, Jacobs and Julio Cesar Chavez. That should be pretty interesting. And Tony Harrison and Jamel Charlo. I want to say that fight ooh. is going to be on Fox as well. Tony Harrison upset Jamel Charlo and um, ruined his undefeated record back in the summer. And they have been talking uh-huh. trash ever since. I mean, these guys have had some ugly press conferences. And personally, I think yes, Tony Harrison have. has punked punk Jamel Charlo a couple of times. So uh, it should be pretty good. And then at the end of the year, you have two good fight, uh, two good fights with uh, Javante Tank Davis against Eurekis Gamboa, who um, is still a formidable opponent, and then with the light heavyweights, John Pascal and Badu Jack. So boxing is going to finish the year strong, even though they're going to blow it next year uh, because they're just yep. messing this heavyweight thing up now. Um, after Tyson Fury and Wilder fight, they have uh, Dylan White as the mandatory challenger for Deontay Wilder, which is going to further push away the Joshua Wilder fight that we wanted to see before Joshua got his tail beat. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know when those guys are going to fight. Maybe uh, Wilder will vacate the belt um, to Dylan White so that he can fight uh, Joshua. That's what I hope that he does because I'm I'm just sick of them, these guys dancing around each other. And that goes for um, these middleweights, these welterweights, too. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Terrence Crawford, I heard he signed a, a deal with, uh, well, I won't speculate, but I heard that he was working on a deal that's going to kind of keep him um, with a promoter who's more, more than likely not going to put him against the best fighters and, Man, these guys, as good as these boxers are, if they're not fighting each other, then I'm not paying for them. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What do so you think about this college? What do you think about this college? How everything kind of we need to talk a little bit about college and well, some, of these, some of these quick, games. We're getting okay. to that in the quick gotcha. catch. I'm gonna, gonna shut this main podcast down. Everyone can go to TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter, have the the podcast delivered to your inbox, um, and keep up with it that way. Everyone have a great evening and plenty of football this weekend. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?
win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? 